decisions that we make in life. We're all making decisions, small decisions, sometimes very big decisions. And we don't usually know exactly how things will work out as a result of decisions that we make. Ian mentioned John Stott, who was called and had to make a decision back in 1950 whether he would become uh, the rector of All Souls Church in the centre of London. It was a huge responsibility for someone who was then only in his 20s, in his late 20s. And he had no idea that this would turn into a worldwide ministry that has influenced so many hundreds of thousands of people. Other decisions that we make, we think it really hasn't gone very well. It hasn't worked out as we would have hoped. And sometimes for Christians, that's a real difficulty because we make decisions, we pray, we think that what we're doing is according to God's will, that it's a a step of faith. And then it becomes very, very difficult. I'm sure lots of us have been there at various points in our lives. When I was teaching in London at Spurgeon's College, there were many students training to be ministers who were making decisions about where they would go, the kind of thing they would do when they were finished their college training. And uh, one of them, about five years ago, uh, I'd been away on a secondment and I came back And there was great excitement in the college about this student who was going to go from London to Wick. And I got quite excited because Wick is where I was born, in the very north of Scotland. So I was kind of excited, but also there was a little bit inside of me that said, I wonder if he really knows what Wick is going to be like. Because Wick is, you know, it's a pretty wild place up there. Uh, and uh, wild people come from there. Uh, and even wilder people stay there. So, um, so all of this made me think, is this really going to work out? He was very excited. The students around him were very excited. And he went up to Wick. His wife got a job there as well, and the family were there. But it didn't work out. The culture shock was too great for both of them both him and the church. He couldn't cope with Wick, and the Wick people couldn't cope with this kind of charismatic minister from London who had appeared amongst them and did all kinds of things that had never been done before in the church. So after a year, that came to an end. And, of course, there's questions, isn't there, when something like that happens? Did we get it wrong? Or perhaps we're just learning from things that happen along the way that don't turn out as we would have hoped. But it is uh, a whole issue about what it means to follow God in faith and whether that means everything goes well or whether it doesn't always go well. And when we go back to these stories that we're going to, that we've already started looking at from the Old Testament and we're going to continue during the summer period, uh, Not everything goes very well for the people that we're talking about. And yet they're called the people of faith. In Hebrews 11, our New Testament reading, 
There's some more verses around the verses about Abraham. We're going to look at Abraham this morning. But there's other people who are mentioned there as these people of faith. But when you think about what happened in their lives, it wasn't always straightforward at all. Abel is there. Can you think what happened with Abel? Anything come to your mind about the story of Abel in the Old Testament? This, this, is, you know, this is a real question. It's not a rhetorical question. <laughs> I'm looking for some responses. <laughs> Can you remember the story of Abel? Murdered. He was murdered. So a person of faith was murdered. Uh, Noah is mentioned there. Uh, what about Noah? Yes, he built an ark. And all around him was catastrophe, wasn't it? So, you know, very difficult situation. We, you know, we like to kind of think about the rain came down and the floods came up and the rain came down and the floods came up. And, you know, that's all nice. But actually, it was a massive disaster for the human race. Uh, Abraham, we're going to be thinking about Sarah. Jacob is going to come up uh, later this series, I think. What do you think about when you think about Jacob and Esau? Tricky dicky. Tricky dicky. Yeah, lots of infighting, feuding, family issues, betrayal, all kinds of things are there with these different people. So, can we really say that faith makes things work out? Well, not always. And yet, these are people of faith. They're real people. They're in real situations, the kind of situations that we are in. So, looking at Abraham then, this morning. A great example of a person of faith. Way back at the beginning of the story of the Jewish people. He obeyed God's call. And the story also tells us, why he did what he did. Not just that he did it, but why he did it. Now, actually, when Anne read that story, you probably saw it was the name Abraham, not Abraham. And there is a change of name that takes place partway through the story. And the change of name is very important because the new name that he got, Abraham, is the father of a multitude of people. And we'll be thinking about that in a moment. But when we first meet him, he's living in a city called Ur. And nowadays, we don't really know Ur, but it was an amazing city of its time. Possibly, some people think, uh, a city of a quarter of a million people, which was absolutely enormous uh, for that time. Very forward-looking city on the banks of the Euphrates River, not far from the Persian Gulf, as we would call it. Now, probably, Abraham and his wife, Sarah, or Sarai as she was, uh, were worshipping a moon god, or certainly something associated uh, with that kind of worship. They were not worshipping the god of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. That's, that comes later, isn't it? You know, Abraham, in a sense, is the beginning of that story. So here they are. They're worshipping something else, somebody else. But life is good. Life is good in her 
They're probably quite prosperous people. And then this unknown God speaks. Someone they don't know says something to them and says to them something that is going to change their lives. And not only change their lives, but actually change uh, the course of history. We wouldn't be here in Camborne Church this morning if it wasn't that Abraham, all that long time ago, thousands and thousands of years ago, heard God speak and obeyed his voice. Because that was the beginning of the Jewish faith. Out of the Jewish faith comes the Christian faith. And the, the three what we call monotheistic faiths that worship one God, the Christian faith, the Jewish faith, and the Islamic faith, all look back to Abraham. He is regarded as someone of that importance. So what can we learn from God speaking to Abraham and Abraham hearing God? What the letter of Hebrews says is that by faith Abraham obeyed. That is, he did something when he was called to go to a place that he was to receive as his inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Usually to go out not knowing where you're going is a bit of a mistake, isn't it? Uh, But in Abraham's case, there was no alternative to that because he didn't. It was all unknown. And so he simply had to trust in God. And that's what he did. He moved out of Ur. Now, actually, what we discover about Ur is lots of people wanted to move into Ur. It was the kind of place where you could do well. So immediately we see him going against the current. He's going out when lots of people are coming in. And that's an important thing uh, about this man of faith, that he's not saying, I'm going to weigh everything up and do what I want. He hears this call and he goes to a place that he doesn't know, to a land that God says, I will show you. But there was no guarantee, really. And this is, I think, something for, for Camborne Church. As we think about the story uh, of this church and its very tiny beginnings, there was never a guarantee what would happen, was there? And yet people have had to walk, as Abraham did, step by step, by faith, And sometimes that is very difficult. He didn't know, Abraham didn't know where he was going exactly. He didn't know how he was going to get there. He didn't know exactly how long it would take. He wasn't sure what would happen when he got there. All he knew was that there was a God who had met with him and spoken to him. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. There's lots of perplexities in our lives. Lots of things where we think, is this the right thing or is that the right thing? And even if we do something, how is that how does that all fit? But to trust God as Abraham did. He obeyed and he went. Now he he failed at times. He's there as a, a person of faith, but he failed at times. Uh, he didn't believe that God could look after him and so he tried to find his own way of Manipulating things. Sarah the same didn't always believe God. 
they had this promise. There was these amazing promises, the promise of a land, the promise of many descendants, the promise of a covenant relationship, a special relationship with God, promise of blessing to all nations. But how was all that going to happen? I mean, that was mind-boggling. And so he thought, I need to kind of help God along with this. Uh, The child that's promised is obviously going to be crucial. I mean, where do you get all these descendants unless you get at least one child to produce all the descendants? And that child wasn't coming. So we've got to help things along a bit. So at times, you could say he doesn't have complete faith. And that's pretty much our story as well, isn't it? That we don't always have the complete faith that we would like to have. But still, Abraham's there as a person of faith. Because God is looking at what is the deepest things in our hearts. Not the mistakes that we make along the way, because we all make them. And God isn't in the business of saying, Ah, now you've made a mistake. You're out. You don't belong anymore. Sometimes we think God's a bit like that, but he isn't. He is bringing to our attention through the story of Abraham and the other stories we're going to look at, people of faith who were still flawed, who did fail, and yet God was with them because their hearts were wanting to follow God. So uh, he went to the place that God had told him to go, to a foreign land, and there he lived in tents, it says, with Isaac and Jacob, the the heirs with him of the same promise. And sometimes we kind of, you know, go over that a little bit. We, we say, well, the big thing was that he heard God and he obeyed and he went. And that was massive. But I think, actually, <laughs> to go there and to be living in tents was in some ways even more massive. Because, again, leaving the security, leaving the place that was doing well, and going to the promised land, but all you find in the promised land is you're living in tents. Now, I think it was you, Pam, that was going on a tent, tent holiday, weren't you? And we, we were kind of discussing this at the, at the ministry team, the weekly meeting that we have of the, uh, the team, and Pam was saying, oh yes, going off uh, and uh, living in tents. And I just came out with, I hate camping. That was, you know, just a kind of I felt I needed to say that and to confess uh, that I absolutely hate camping. Uh, So the idea that the promised land is where you live in tents, what could be worse? Anyway, um, here they were, and it was still a long way from the fulfillment of the promise. So what does this mean? It means there's always something more for us to wait for. And in this long life of John Stott uh, that we've been thinking about, 90 years, there were always new things that were opening up. John Stott was never content. He was never saying, we've we've arrived. Uh, I got to know him more in the latter part of his life. Um, I did first meet him when I was a student at Aberdeen and actually was able to get him to speak Uh, at our university chapel, but towards the end of his life, uh, I had some meetings with him, and this was one of the things that struck me. He wasn't just saying, oh, you know, now I'm 70, now I'm whatever, it's all been done. No, he was thinking about new things that could be done, and uh, I think that's something fantastic, really, 
that at all stages of life, as we see with Abraham, there are these new things. And Abraham was looking forward. That's what I want to leave with you uh, at the end of this talk this morning. Abraham did obey. He did make a radical change. He did do what God said. But even when he was there, he didn't say, now I've, I've done it, you know, I've, I've done the business. Uh, he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Now, this doesn't mean, when we think about looking forward, it doesn't mean that we have to deny the present that we're living in. But in faith, in trust in God, there's always a kind of bit of dissatisfaction. There's something more uh, that is part of the journey. And uh, I feel that very much. I feel that's still part of, of my journey. There are the things that God is still doing. So, you know, you look at Abraham's life. And if you were a consultant, you would say, the guy just got it 100% wrong in terms of his career, in terms of what he could have been, his life, his comfortable life. He just got it 100% wrong. And yet, in terms of the life of faith, here is the father of God's people, isn't it? The father of the faithful, the man of faith, motivated by a vision. So where does this take us in Camborne? It means, as Peter is, is very good at telling us, isn't it? We're not just to be comfortable now that we have a full church uh, on Sundays when it's difficult sometimes to get more people in. That isn't what it's about to say we've arrived. That wasn't Abraham's story to say, now I've arrived, that's it. But he was looking forward. What else was God going to do? And right to the end of our lives, that can be our story. Like Abraham, to search always for what is God's will? How is God going to use me? We don't necessarily need to go to some other place completely. That can be some new phase that opens up in the life of our church. I think we're so blessed uh, here in Camborne in so many ways in the church. Abraham didn't have that blessing, actually. It was just him and his family. And sometimes him and Sarah were kind of a bit, you know, edgy about the whole thing. But we've got people around us. And so we're part of a community of faith. A community in which there are struggles, there are disappointments in our lives, in the lives of others. Sometimes we don't understand why certain things happen. But that isn't new. That's part of the story of God's people. And so uh, in this summer period, as we think about what will be a new year in the story of this church, or if you're a visitor, in the story of your community in the coming year, we move into the unknown, but actually we move into the known because God is the one who knows us and we know him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for Abraham and for Sarah, for so many people who we can read about who still today inspire us 
challenge 